0: what's up guys welcome back to the change makers podcast and we have got a good one for you guys today if you want to learn all about the secrets of how suddenly my email list started generating a shit ton more money than what it did before you you're suddenly
1: gonna didn't suck so bad
0: yeah yeah my email no longer sucks as bad as it used to but <laughs> before we do that let's get ready and I'm on the roll. attention this is not another boring business podcast we're here to help mission-driven entrepreneurs get their message and offers out to the masses.
1: In a fun way that doesn't suck.
0: Over the last year, we created a powerful community of podcasters that are becoming real change makers in the online space.
1: And we're not talking about breaking a 20.
0: I'm Jamie Atkinson.
1: And I'm Gina Suzanne. And
0: listen to us as we laugh, cry, and battle our way to a seven-figure-a-year business.
1: We're going to be talking about not just what the online gurus are teaching, but what they're actually doing to transform and scale their business.
0: Listen in as we break down the real-life publishing strategies these entrepreneurs are actually using. Come for the tactics. Stay for the banter.
1: Welcome to the Changemakers Podcast.
0: You're ready to create real change. And so are we. Wow, let's get Woo-hoo! ready because we have got a very exciting guest today. It's uh, actually a yeah. presentation. Yeah, it's a returning guest. We got we had a few of those recently, right? And what was the thing you liked the most about his original episode?
1: Um, I'm really interested on, in the parody videos. Yep. Um, and I kind of want to leave right now and watch them. Yeah, I but like I'll do. stay just for the sake of. Okay, well, show.
0: she is going to stay a little bit longer, which is exciting. It will get. But we're going to talk more about it. I need she, to. I mean, she might start watching the video halfway through. We just never know what's going to happen when Gina's behind the microphone. I was but,
1: told not to bring my phone on interviews anymore. Yeah, so.
0: she got told off hard. What's new? Yeah, what's new? So, guys, please welcome my guest today. He's actually an incredible copywriter. He's done over a hundred million dollars worth of sales. He's the creator of incredible parody videos. Along the lines of Lai Topaz and Kent Cardone. He's actually a comic and an email expert. He's the dude that helps me make as much money as I possibly can. Please welcome to the stage, Ian Stanley. Ooh. I tried to hit the cheers Thanks. button and it just ooh. went, nope. Uh, ooh. It was it's only fine. a it's slight right. awkward pause. Ian, what's up? Glad right. to have I you did, back.
2: I did, my own, I did my own white girl <laughs> woo sound, so it's all right. <laughs> and I, the guy yeah, coughing woo. in the background. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's perfect, dude. The
0: well, COVID, I'm super glad to have you back. COVID cough. Yeah, little background COVID cough there, right? I'm super glad to have you back on the show because you know we got some pretty good value from you. But we'll be honest, it was only four minutes, and I want to give you a little bit more runway to talk about um, a whole bunch of stuff today. So before we get into that, if anybody didn't hear Ian's original episode, first, first of all, go back and go, go watch it. Go yeah. check it out for sure. Listen but to it. Ian, for anybody that's here who doesn't know who you are, please give us a little introduction.
2: Yeah, so I guess since we have a little more time, I can say so that you guys aren't weirded out by my accent. I'm half English and half American, which means everyone thinks I'm Australian. Even Aussies. Yeah, even Aussies are like, hey, mate, hey, going? So good to see another Aussie, eh? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not from there, mate. And they're like, fuck <laughs> off, bro. I heard you talking. I've literally been accused, but they're like, mate, I know you're an Australian. Why are you fucking pretending like you're not? And I'm like, you're an aggressive bunch, aren't you? Um, <laughs> But uh, basically, you know, I said this on the last one, but I've, you know, I've sold over a hundred million dollars worth of products and services through either my own businesses and ones that I've consulted for and written for. I had a water filter company where I made these videos of drinking out of toilets and puddles on the side of the road and. All sorts with with a filter not directly out of them yeah you didn't and, clarify uh, that last time a, i didn't clarify that last time <laughs> like, good a it's face. Just I nice the it. look, if like
0: if you've seen train spotting okay. i had that vision of you and mcgregor like head down the toilet but like an ian stanley version of it you know
2: no, 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 Garth. no, no. I pulled it out of the toilet and I go and pour it into the filter and then I drink it. It's, uh, it's much safer. <laughs> and so we sold a lot of water filters and I took that company from zero to six figures a month uh, within, I think, six or seven months or so. And then I sold it to what was the fastest growing startup in Canada at the time. Um, and then since then, I've primarily been teaching what I call almost passive income. So basically, teaching people how to make more money in less time while having more fun. And I have this weird thing in my life where the more fun I have, the more money I make. And I think that most of society has been conditioned to learn that jobs are supposed to be miserable, businesses aren't supposed to be fun. And if you have fun, you're actually hurting your ability to make money. And I don't find that to be true. I have plenty of evidence on the contrary. Uh, And so it's really about teaching people how to create income that's not dependent upon their time. You have two types of income that are popularly you known, active income, which is but pretty much what everybody has, which is you have to be present and exchange your time for money. Then you have passive income, which is basically a myth that only really exists for people with millions and millions of dollars in liquid cash that basically get paid to be rich. The irony of becoming rich is that you get paid more to be rich. And so what I focus on is almost passive income sources, which is anything that, takes an hour a day an hour a week an hour a month or less to create income for you and that can scale up without you having to put in more time
0: i think i think the thing that's been the most interesting from being a student inside of your world Ian, was this principle of you know surrender which is something that, that I never really considered before, this idea of discipline versus surrender. And what's been really interesting is, you know, since I came into your world around right about, I want to say about four months ago is when I actually bought something from you. And, you know, that goes to testament of how good your stuff is that I spent a lot more money since then. But what was really yeah. fascinating is since then, there's been a lot of shifts in my business and our life personally, that's moving more towards away from that kind of hustle mentality. So really quickly, because that was probably the most profound thing for me. Can you just explain that principle?
2: yeah for sure and i'm i'm glad that you're bringing this up because this is i mean this is kind of something i've been talking about to my business partner and my girlfriend and stuff lately is that you know i used to feel like i had to explain everything that i do in a few you know to people who are oh, well what do you do and i well i used to be a writer i was i'm a writer and then it became well i make these silly videos online and i do these parodies but i also do a lot of marketing videos and i write have you ever clicked on one of those ads where you hit a video and it won't let you fast forward or rewind uh, I write those and then it can you know, and then it's like, well, I want to explain everything. And now I just go, you know, I don't care. I'm just going to say I help people make more money in less time while having more fun. And ironically, now, when I say that almost everybody goes, how do I do that? <laughs> I, well, you, you buy my courses. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's, it's really what I think of it as, because part of what almost bothered me about teaching what I thought of as just sort of money skills and making money and stuff is it feels surface level. Um, but the way I see it now is I bring people onto the surface, I sell them, you know, you sell people what they want and you give them what they need. And so I bring them into the surface of the water and the surface can only exist if there's depth beneath it. And then I take them under into the much deeper stuff of surrender and working through, you know, the deeper emotional and and mental blocks people have, especially around money that's completely holding them back. You know, if you got paid to do chores as a kid, that's still affecting you today And almost everybody got paid to do chores. And basically, if you got paid to do chores, what that means is you learned that in order to get money, you have to do something you don't want to do. And 87% of Americans work jobs they don't like. And we've been conditioned to think that money is something we get in exchange for hard work and things we don't like. And if hard work made you richer, there'd be a lot more rich people because there's plenty of people who work way harder than me who are way, way more you know, just grind it out, hustle type of people. And, and a lot of them, even the ones who succeed, they hit a wall and they burn out and they, they struggle. And and so to me, though, it's, you know, the thing that I love to talk about most is really this concept of surrender. And, you know, the, the book I've read 12 times in the last two years is The Surrender Experiment. And he's got a, Michael Singer is the author. He's got another great book called The Untethered Soul. A lot of people prefer The Untethered Soul. It's more of a how-to and the surrender experiments more of his story of of surrender and what's happened in his life. And this doesn't give away anything in the book, but essentially, he sort of accidentally built a billion dollar company, billion, um, while living in the woods in Alachua County, Florida. And oh, my bloody phone. <laughs> my, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah. My phone. Uh, whenever my phone's connected, it likes to interrupt whatever I'm doing. This short gap uh, so was me- brought to you by tango no just kidding by no by ian's father <laughs> by ian's father <laughs> uh, who calls all the time um and so you know this it, it's become something there's lots of people who've read the surrender experiment at the untethered soul oh that was the great book and you know and they you know it's like oh this oh surrender yeah i'm just gonna let go unless i don't want to then i'm gonna hold on to everything and you know i see so many people who read great books and this is what actually when i used to when i was younger i, I mean i in college, I would read three to four books every week. And I just, I love reading. And then since I went through the surrender experiment and some of the deeper work with Brent, who's this therapist guy that I worked with and had a business with, I sort of found that it's harder and harder to consume other books because so many of the books we consume are because we think we're supposed to. Well, that's how I'm gonna get ahead. That's what I'm gonna do. so I, I try to read these other books that it like, oh, this one's amazing. And I'm like, yeah. and I start reading it and then I just reread the surrender experiment and just go further and further into surrender where it's, it's not something that I live by every day. It's something that I live by every minute, not every 10 minutes, not every hour, but it's something that can become the overriding theme in your life and allow you to experience so much more joy and so much more serendipity as well. The level of things that happen in my life that people would go, there's no way. There's no way that that many good things can fall into your lap in a row. And you just start to get almost it's like unbelievable how much serendipity and good shit just happens to you to the point where it almost becomes commonplace and you're like, it's weird that this isn't that weird anymore. But it comes down to this idea that there's there's really only two ways to react in any moment. You either resist or you surrender. And if you experience anxiety, if you experience a lot you know, anxiety is just low-grade fear, if you experience a lot of pain if you experience a lot of different feelings like that, the reality is on some level, you are resisting this moment. And this moment is, it's happening. And there's literally nothing you can do other than accept or resist. And now that doesn't mean that you become this person. And you know, the problem with the word surrender for so many people is that they think of a white flag and they think of giving up. And the deeper meaning of surrender couldn't be more opposite. It's actually the greatest act of strength is to relinquish control. And you know, there's a great Alan Watts quote, and, you know, and I don't know if you know Alan Watts, but just my favorite philosopher, and he's, you know, how far out can you get? How much are you willing to abandon your power? And you realize that that's where true power comes from, is not having the need to control everything and to allow, the, you know, the universe is far more powerful than one little individual. And when you start to harness that power, it opens up a whole new world for you that's so far beyond what you could ever expect. And that doesn't happen if you try and live this extreme, rigid, controlling lifestyle. And there is this, you know, and you said discipline and surrender, you use those two words, and there's this great sort of um, uh, Venn diagram of essentially of surrender on this side and discipline on this side. And in the middle is this little section of flow. And I find that, you know, you've got these authors like Jocko Willink, who's, you know, great, great author and, and great stuff, but he talks about discipline equals freedom. And he's really, really good about writing about the discipline part. But I've never heard him actually talk about what he does with this freedom that he creates. And to me, it comes down to concepts like what I've taught, like half day discipline. So just having discipline till noon and then letting the rest of your day be full of what you enjoy and what you want. So whether that's, you know, so many people shame themselves for watching TV or playing video games. Well, if you really like that, if that brings you joy, do that in the afternoon, do what you want. You know, it's this finding this blend of discipline, but then being able to let go. And so, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, I've got this tattoo and I've got my, you know, that says feed the wolf. And I've literally got my, I won't pull it down here because it'll look weird, but my <laughs> wolf is, I have my, my, uh, my husky who looks just like a wolf. He's quite literally laying on my feet right now. And, you know, that's the same reminders in each moment we can, you know, there's the old story of the tale, you know, it's a grandfather, a Native American grandfather talking to his grandson and the the grandfather says, you know, inside each of us is a battle between two wolves. And the grandson says, you know, and he says, you know, one wolf is evil. He is hatred. He is malice. He is darkness. And the other wolf is joy and love and passion and hope says one wolf is a good wolf, one wolf is the bad wolf, and the grandson says, which wolf wins? And he says, the one you feed. And so to me, it's a much deeper sort of, it's a way of looking at surrender and more of a visual, tangible way of when things are coming up for you, asking yourself a simple question, which is two, two, two words can change your life, which, which wolf, Because you know deep down which wolf you're feeding in the moment. And if you ask your question, it doesn't mean you're always going to feed the good wolf, but at least you're aware of what you're doing. And so to me, there's the two primary wolves in life, uh, the resistance wolf and the surrender wolf. And are you going, because anxiety, people say, well, that gives me anxiety or I have anxiety. Neither one of those. And I know that this can be an inflammatory sentence because people are diagnosed with anxiety every single day. And guess what happens when the doctor goes, oh, you know what? You have anxiety. How do you feel now? Do you feel more relaxed? No, I feel anxious. Yeah, because you've just identified yourself now as a person who has anxiety. You can't have anxiety and anxiety can't happen to you. You are the creator of it. At the source of whatever you're experiencing, you are the person who is creating that anxiety, that stress. You, it can only exist with the thoughts that you're having and creating because the moment itself is beautiful in some way, no matter how dark or light it may seem, this moment is happening. So you can resist it Or you can accept this moment in this moment. That doesn't mean that you become this weak person who goes, well, that just means I'm going to let the world, you know, fuck me over and, you know, bend me over and take me. It means that you accept this moment, but that you can also change your future and that you also accept that you can't change your past. You can only change your perception of it. And it ends up becoming something that's very empowering, especially in a society right now, in a culture that's the biggest victim culture that's ever existed, despite the fact that we objectively have the best lives anybody has ever had. A hundred years ago, a rich person didn't have air conditioning. Now a poor person has air conditioning in their fucking car that goes 85 miles an hour. Like there are 250,000 people being lifted out of abject poverty every single day the media doesn't like to cover that because you know it's uplifting and that doesn't help control the masses but it's it's like there's so many you can look at every moment and think oh this isn't right this isn't going well or you can realize that it's already happening which means that the universe which has been around for 13 billion years knows what the fuck it's doing it's all fine and so to me that's really you know so much of what it comes down to and i know that in a podcast about tactics and you know how to make more money i'll tell you that nothing's made me more money than letting go of the concept of who i think i am and who i'm supposed to be in each moment um and and beyond that it makes it a lot more fun and a lot less of a you know intense miserable uh existence and by letting go and by putting yourself out there you end up creating these deep relationships with your audience and if to bring this back to podcasting and to Email marketing and Facebook and YouTube and I, you know, Instagram videos and, and posts and stuff. One of my, you know, one of the main rules in my book is that is not to let the stories that that you tell yourself define you, and to rewrite the stories you tell yourself, but also to share the stories that scare you the most. And I'll I'll say if there's one secret sort of shortcut. To building a rabid audience and following, it's to share the stories that absolutely terrify the ones that you thought you'd never tell anyone, the ones you didn't even tell. Maybe you told it to that one girl in college because you really liked her and she had told you a story about her past, and then you're like, okay, I'll tell you this one. Not that that's from personal experience or anything. <laughs> um, but, you know, and that's what stand up is too, is I tell people you can, you'd be shocked at how many people can do stand up if all you do is you find the most embarrassing story from your life and you tell that. It tends to be pretty funny, and so if you want to create that connection with your audience, connection happens around the rough edges. It doesn't happen in, from the smooth, you know, perfect existence. And so many people are busy trying to be perfect and be perceived as perfect. And it's it's like Superman. He's fucking boring. That's when people tell me their favorite superhero is Superman. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were boring. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, if you know, his only weakness is, hey, do you happen to have a rock from an alien planet? If you have any of that, we can get him. Otherwise, we're kind of screwed, right? He has no flaws, and that makes him boring. And people want to connect with your flaws and with your humanity. And, and you know, and I, I think that the greatest gift of being a human is that we're allowed to make mistakes. That's why if you look at the, you know, the creation story of Christianity, what did Eve do first? God's like, don't.
1: Is your dad calling again? Yeah. Maybe.
2: Oh, No. <laughs> no. Is it still what? No, there was You're no call. We, you we got you. Okay. But God was basically like, don't touch the apple. God was
0: like, turn that microphone off before he says that next turn word.
2: The yeah, he's like, hey, are you talking about my creation story again? Hold on. There's God. There's proof of God right there, right? But he's, you know, he's like, don't touch the apple. And then what does she do? She eats the apple. But that was God's permission to be like, whether you believe in God or Christianity or whatever else you, you know, or know God, whatever. It's more the story is the, the benefit of being a human is that we get to fuck shit up. And the gods don't have the luxury of making mistakes because they're perfect beings. And so we get to come down to earth for a bit, make some mistakes. And so many people are so concerned about their mistakes that they don't do stuff. And that's what I see most in entrepreneurs starting out is their fear of just doing it. Just start, let the world dictate whether it's good or not, stop being so afraid. And if you embrace mistakes as not only as they're okay, but as actually your fundamental reason for being here, it really gives you a lot more freedom to do the stuff that you know you need to do, but you're scared to do. So there's just a quick, you know, little rant. <laughs> I, I love that.
1: I enjoyed that, and actually, I've experienced a lot of anxiety right before this call. Like, I was doing the havening technique, I was doing like all my neurological things, and like, but after you were talking, I feel a lot better.
2: Just being present, right? Um,
1: yeah. So thanks.
2: It's so, okay. Like, it's the reaction to, to the fear. That fear itself is necessary and and unavoidable. Fear is the reason we're alive. If we didn't have fear, we'd all be jumping off the cliffs and doing weird shit without parachutes, and we'd all be dead. <laughs> So it's, you know, and, and Churchill, as great a guy as he was, and he, you know, the only thing to fear is fear itself is maybe one of the stupidest things that's ever been said, because that means you just live in constant fear because fear is inevitable. So to me, it's not to live without fear, but to live without fear of fear, to embrace and accept fear and use it as your compass, because the things that scare you the most are often the things that you need to do most. And so if you start to go, what am I terrified of? Cool, let's do that. Then it becomes a habit. You develop courage. Encourages courage is a skill that you can develop. People think you're born with it or you're not. Certain people are more courageous naturally than others, but you can develop it.
0: I love it. Ian, I'm super curious because uh, I, I asked that question because I knew there would be a killer answer on the back end and because it was so impactful for me, but... I don't think people realize quite how much you surrender in your everyday life. Can you just give us an example of, you know, a a day which was kind of like, and I'm not talking about like taking the weekend off or anything like that, but what would a typical day where you're in that balance mode, what would that look like?
2: It's a good question. I mean, I would say that surrender is not a part-time job. It's a full-time, you know, thing that you take on every minute. And because if you're taking breaks from it, well, that's not surrender, that's just you holding on to stuff. So to me, it's when it comes to, I'll say in the sense of creating a structure for your business and for your work, uh, it's also understanding that there is no separation between your work life and your spiritual life. And whether you consider, I don't consider spiritual to be this, you know, sitting there, you know, meditating on a mountain, it's, you know, the greatest spiritual path. And that's why I love Michael Singer's stuff so much is it's not about becoming a monk and moving to the mountains and, and getting rid of all. So yeah. Oh, Oh, he's happy. He doesn't have a wife who who tells him to you know not let the dog on the couch or that you didn't do the dishes he doesn't have any friends that are consuming the media and the news he doesn't have he doesn't drive a car and get honked at and go through traffic and do it yeah of course he's happy but that's not actually what life's supposed to be it's about exposing yourself to the darkness and to the different parts of life and then learning how to surrender through that and that's why i find michael Singer's stuff to be so interesting is he was pursue the spiritual path while building this incredible business and living a, a life and so to me it comes down to doing your best to control the start of your day and do it you know you i know you know about this jamie basically the money morning where you spend the first hour of your day on the tasks that help you create long-term money later income and then you know focusing on that before everything else and then doing the other task whereas most most people wake up they check email they deal with all the little things and then by the time they get to the big stuff they're tired and they don't do it so it's it's having the discipline in the morning to do the stuff that matters most and then allowing yourself the freedom through the rest of the day to do whatever comes up and what you decide um and so but it really comes down to as well as like when it comes to business and there's a really great audio of Michael Singer's called The Untethered Soul at Work it's like 10 bucks on Audible and uh and a big part of it is just understanding that all of the Problems that you think are happening in your business and all of the difficulties that are arising are actually just part of your spiritual path and an opportunity to let go of yourself. You know, my main goal in every day is to let go of this concept of the person called Ian Stanley that I've become so attached to over 30 years of living. And that's what work allows you. It allows you the opportunity. You can go and try and, you know, sequester yourself and build a shell. And and that's what I, and that's, you know, his story as well. I identified because I went and went to a monastery in Northern California. And I'm going to get away from it all. And I'm going to, you know, go and, and be a, you know, I want to sort of disappear, disappear from it. And then you don't get bothered. Well, that's not really not being bothered. It just means you don't have anything that's around you to bother you. So when you get to live a life with a business and employees and, you know, partners and you know girlfriends and, and such you get things that bring up your issues and then you get to work through them and that becomes your constant work is to let go of stuff and business becomes its own spiritual path of surrender where you get to expose yourself to all of these difficulties and then see how much you can let go in them so i view work as part of my purpose and path. it's not just about not working Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> that was
1: good. I'm like absorbing it
0: all. We're, we're in this balance as co-hosts where sometimes I'll look to Gina and I'll be like, do you want to say something? <laughs> and she's like, me. oh shit, was I supposed to say something? And we're in that moment. We're
1: getting used to it. Yeah,
0: which is definitely fun. But Ian, th- th- it's really powerful it because so well. I think more than anything, it, it's about helping people to see that, you know, being different and doing things differently to what you're being screamed at from every medium to be is okay. And actually- yeah, when you do that, you're a lot happier, right?
2: Yeah. And I'll say, actually, I think a good sort of transition from there to something that people can really tangibly take away from that is, you know, my number one rule, if it's not my number one rule, it's right up there at the very top is don't be boring. And to the point where I've written newsletters, on. I've, I'm actually going to, I'm going to actually turn it into a book, how to not be boring. Um, and it's, there's you know, we were joking about this before, but there's a whole secondary Me Too movement going on that has nothing to do with Harvey Weinstein and it's the Me Too business movement of everybody just creates a business that's another Me Too boring. I've seen this before. I've seen it. I don't care about it. It's you're boring me. And there's I don't believe that there's such thing as a saturated market. I think there's only board markets. People could have looked at, at transport you know, at at taxi transportation and gone, it's saturated, you're not gonna make another taxi company. And then Uber went, well, no, they just bored of that shit. So let's give them something different. And now that's one of the biggest companies in the world. And you go and you, you know, you find your unique hook. What makes you unique? What, you know, you think people say all the time, right? Podcasts, podcasts are, you know, they've blown out. It's already happened. Well, that's obviously not true because there's people starting new podcasts every day that are building huge audiences and followings and the way that they do it, they'll just replace the one that's not as good with the one that's better. I watched, we were talking about this Two Bears, One Cave with Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer. It's unbelievable. It's just super funny and entertaining. And they could have easily gone, well, every comic already has a, you know, they're two, they're two stand-up comedians who just hang out with each other and chat shit. And you could go, dude, every, every comic already has a podcast. You have no reason to start one. Now they've got one of the biggest ones out there because they did it differently. They made it more fun. They They have their unique thing. And so it's really looking at what separates you from everybody else. What is your unique hook that brings people into your world? And it's like, for me with, you know, in the marketing world, it's like, there's nobody else who can do these parody videos of these characters. And as a byproduct, that people immediately, whether they like me or not, they've probably seen one of my videos and they have some sort of opinion and they've been, you know, and it, and it separates me. It's nothing else like, man, those videos you do are crazy, you know, and, and it separates you from everybody else. I'm not just another guy's oh, I teach people how to write emails that make money. It's like, oh, there's all these unique components. And, and, you know, to become interesting, one of the things you do is you layer yourself with different, interesting and seemingly contradictory things about yourself. So, you know, Naval Ravikant has a, a good phrase. He He's like, you know, if you go to a circus, you see a guy uh, riding a unicycle. You're like, no, that's, that's cool. You see a bear. You're like, oh, it's a bear. That's cool. And then you see a bear riding a unicycle. Now that's interesting. And so you become this contradictory sort of person who, you know, I talk about all this, you know, sort of surface level money stuff. And then suddenly you start diving into surrender and the deeper stuff and you dimensionalize yourself. And I think so many people are just afraid to show who they are and they're afraid to be different when that's what we need more than ever right now. And people can tell if you're authentic or not more easily than they ever have been because there's so many fucking bullshitters and liars out there. So, that's my, my biggest tip is to be different and to don't be boring. That's, you know, you see it on the unit calls, this is boring. It's fine, but it's boring Yeah, and you don't want to be boring.
0: And it's, and it's hard because so many people don't understand. <laughs> I didn't know what Bless to do. You. Is there
1: a button next to, to my sneeze?
2: No, that yeah, was there's a great, actually a big a red
0: sneeze. sneeze button. You didn't see it. It says, if you're going to sneeze, press this and it just terminates everything immediately. That
2: was a That's great sneeze sound.
0: It's pretty good, right? not bad. But yeah, you're right. So many people forget and they don't understand what it is to not be boring. And, you know, it's funny is, you know, embrace some of the weird stuff about yourself and actually tell people about it. And I guess it can be pretty unboring then. Gina, any thoughts? Don't be boring.
1: Lots of thoughts.
0: That was so boring. I I said, don't be boring.
1: Listen, don't stress me out right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Feed the wolf, gene. He can't stress you out. Only you can stress you out.
1: All right, well, I stress myself out a lot. Thanks, Thanks
2: for that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. At least you're taking responsibility for it.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Ian, thank you so much for this episode. It's been absolutely killer. Guys, if you love Ian, obviously you do. Because...
2: If well, you've listened this you far, didn't. you either yeah. shut it off when I got into all the Surrender stuff or you're still here. Yeah, if
0: you're here, you so. obviously like this crap. So, Ian, if people want to get more Ian Stanley in their life, and I'm um, probably check out some of them funny parody videos because we'd be remiss not to include them, where should people go to find out more about you?
2: Yeah, you, you can go look up uh, either on YouTube or on Facebook, Lai Topaz or uh, Very Grinder Chuck or Cant Gardone or Muscle Funsen, uh, Silly Gene. Um, And then uh, if you want to learn more of my sales stuff and how to sell a bunch of shit, I have my book, Confessions of a Persuasion Hitman, the unusual rules I learned from selling over a hundred million dollars worth of stuff. Uh, It's a free book. You just cover the shipping, which is $5 and 89 cents. So I think you can afford it. And, uh, and otherwise if you want sort of my weirder crazier stuff that people really like, I have my uh, money tree meditation, which is this weird money meditation where people do it and crazy amounts of money just show up literally in their mailbox in their account just really weird stuff because uh that's it moneytreemeditation.com and uh that one's free
0: love it ian thank you so much for coming on it's been a blast you got something out of this I
2: absolutely did. What
0: was your number one takeaway? I'm,
1: real, I'm getting real deep right now. Yeah. I got to feed the wolf. Got to feed the you, right wolf.
0: You're in your head right now,
2: aren't you? I can see in your head. Yeah, I can see it. Well,
0: that's good. That's all right. That's powerful. Go throw up after those things. If you are in your head, please contact the support department at, just kidding. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, give a shout out to Ian and I'll give him a virtual high five because you're awesome. So Ian, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks Ian. We appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, Godspeed. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Changemakers Podcast. But guys, let's face it, getting buyers coming to you, it can be pretty tough. So what if we could help you create content that pulled in your ideal customers? Head to 12monthsofcontent.com where we'll show you how to map out a 12-month plan of content that pulls in your dream customers each and every day.
1: Again, that's 12, the number, monthsofcontent.com. All right,
0: guys, we'll see you there.